0: Welcome to Hallowed, Exploring the Lives of the Saints, Episode 17, Man's Best Friend. I'm your host, Tom Thorne, and in this podcast, I'll be taking you on a journey through the lives, adventures, trials, and triumphs of the great heroes of the Christian faith. We had a delay last week due to real life busyness. I hope all my American listeners enjoyed Thanksgiving. But this week we're back to our regular schedule, with a much lighter story than the tale of the Japanese martyrs. Today we'll be talking about the pilgrim, healer, and patron saint of dogs, Saint Roche. The life of Saint Roche, who is also known as Roch, Rocco, and Roque, depending on where you look for him, is fairly hard for a historian to pin down. No one's entirely sure of the exact dates of his life, so take the details of his story with a grain of salt. But we do know that he spent his life in the south of France and the north of Italy during the 14th century. Like Saint Rita from episode 14, Roche lived in the late Middle Ages. If you remember back to that episode, you may recall that Rita's world was shaped by the aftermath of the Black Death the cataclysmic outbreak of bubonic plague that had killed between a third and a half of the population of europe and thrown the old social order into turmoil well here's where the confusion about rush arises in the century after his lifetime for reasons that will become clear from his story he was often invoked on behalf of those suffering from the bubonic plague From that devotion, people got the idea that Roche himself had lived through the Black Death. But the earliest accounts of his life say that he died in 1327, a full 20 years before the first arrival of the Bubonic Plague. For that reason, some writers place his life slightly later, so that the chronology lines up with the Black Death. I'm not going to get us bogged down in these pedantic details. I only mention the matter so you won't be confused when you look up St. Roche and find several different sets of dates for his life. The swift spread of his cults in the later Middle Ages is enough to show the skeptical that he was a real person, even if we have to leave the rest of his life in the realm of legend. So, without further ado... Here's the lovely legend of Saint Roche, the dog lover. Roche was born in the city of Montpellier, in the south of France, sometime around the end of the 13th or the beginning of the 14th century. His parents were wealthy townsfolk. In fact, his father was governor of the city. Montpellier was culturally Occitan what we would now call Southern French, but in the later Middle Ages, it belonged to the Spanish crown of Aragon, rather than the Kingdom of France. The distant Spanish overlords largely left the city to run itself, and Montpellier flourished as the center of the Mediterranean spice trade. With around 40,000 people, it was one of the larger towns in medieval Europe, So Roche grew up in a wealthy and well-connected world, and was destined to inherit his father's office as governor, along with his vast fortune. But from the very day he was born, there were signs that Roche had another calling. The boy came out with a red birthmark on his chest, in the unmistakable shape of a cross. His mother a deeply pious woman who had long struggled to conceive, took that as an indication that her prayers to Our Lady for a child had at last been answered. She raised her son as a devout Catholic, not as much of a no-brainer as it may sound, as the south of France had been a hotbed of the Cathar heresy only a few generations earlier. If you'd like to hear more about that story, you can go back and listen to episode 9 on St. Peter the Inquisitor. For our tale today, what matters is that Rosh's mother was a practicing Catholic at a time and place when that didn't go without saying. As he came of age, Rosh followed his mother's path of devotion to the faith, fasting twice a week and dreaming of going on pilgrimage to Rome. The red cross on his chest continued to grow, along with his reputation for holiness. When at the age of twelve he lost his aged father, Roche promised that he would use his inheritance to care for the needy. And when, at the age of twenty, he lost his mother as well, his future was already clear. He gave all his money to the poor, providing for the widows and orphans of Montpellier, along with young maids who could not afford to marry. Then, naming his uncle as governor of the city in his place, Roche donned the brown pilgrim's garb of a Franciscan tertiary, the same third order of laymen that would later include Blessed Lucian Borivasoa, and embarked on his pilgrimage to Rome. As he made his way through Italy, Roche began to hear rumors of a plague afflicting the towns along the road to Rome. This was either the Black Death, or a slightly earlier epidemic, depending on when you choose to place his life. Most people would have been terrified and turned around immediately, but Roche only saw an opportunity to care for those most in need. Advancing through the plague-stricken countryside to the town of Aquapendente, he stopped to tend to the sick people, whom the rest of the world had abandoned. And that, fittingly enough, was when he worked his first miracle. As Roche began to make the sign of the cross over his patients, they found themselves instantly cured of the plague. Naturally, he soon gained a reputation as a remarkable healer. After completing his pilgrimage to Rome and caring for the sick in the Eternal City, he continued his ministry in many other towns across Italy. Rimini, Novara, Cesena, Mantua, Modena, Parma, and Piacenza. Where, at last he himself took ill with the plague. To avoid infecting others or becoming a burden, Roche retreated to a nearby forest and lived as a hermit in an abandoned shack while he waited for death. His leg was stricken with sores from the plague, and he had nothing to eat or drink. He was ready to die, having spent his short life in the service of God. But if Roche was ready for heaven, God still had other plans for him on earth. He sent the saint a spring from the ground to give him water to drink. And he sent something more besides. One day, as Roche lay dying in his derelict hut, he received an unexpected visitor. A dog. At first, he thought it was a wild animal that had come to devour him, and so he made ready to die. But instead, the little creature licked the saint's sore legs and kept him company for a time before disappearing again into the woods. The next day, it returned again, carrying in its jaws a basket of food which it laid at Russia's feet, perhaps the biggest miracle here is the fact that the dog didn't eat the food first. The dog kept coming back day after day, bringing baskets of meals along with its own good company, until Roche had recovered from the plague. The dog, as it turned out, was the hunting hound of a local gentleman named Gottard. After nursing Roche back to health, the dog led its master into the woods and showed him Roche. The astounded Gottard saw that there was a deep bond between the hermits and the hound, so he gave Roche the dog as a companion. They would remain the best of friends for the rest of their lives. We don't know the dog's name, but he was undoubtedly a very good boy. Cured of the Plague Roche felt a calling from God to return to his home city of Montpellier. Making his way back through northern Italy, he arrived anonymously in southern France so that he could continue living as a poor mendicant without drawing his uncle's attention. But when he reached his hometown, the guards thought he was a foreign spy and had him thrown into prison. There he lay for five years, refusing to give his identity so that he could continue living in poverty, and leave his uncle, who no longer recognized him, as the unquestioned ruler of Montpellier. He spent the rest of his life in prison, kept company by his faithful dog, while the duo took care of the other prisoners. At the end of those five years, Roche finally passed away. Here's an account of his death, from the modern Franciscan biographer, Marian Habig. When he felt that his end was drawing near, St. Roche asked that a priest might come and administer the last sacraments. The priest, on entering the prison beheld it supernaturally lighted up, and the poor captive surrounded with special radiance. As death claimed its victim, a tablet appeared on the wall on which an angelic hand wrote in golden letters the name of Rosh, and the prediction that all who would invoke his intercession would be delivered from the plague. Informed of all that took place, St. Roche's uncle came to the prison, and, shortly after, also the governor's mother, that is, Roche's grandmother. She identified the dead man as her grandson, by the birthmark of the Red Cross on his chest. They gave him a magnificent funeral, and had a church built in his honor, in which his body was entombed. His veneration was approved by several popes and soon spread throughout Europe. We don't know what became of his dog after he passed away, but I'd like to imagine that a friend of Saint Roche was treated with all the honor he deserved. It's no surprise that the cult of Saint Roche spread so quickly. Across late medieval Europe. Given his miraculous healing powers, which we're told he used not only for plague victims, but even for sick and wounded animals during his time in the woods, it was only natural that he should be seen as a patron of the infirm and those who cared for them during the Age of the Black Death, whether or not he himself lived through that epidemic. His legacy was cemented in 1414, when the bishops of the Catholic Church were gathered at the city of Constance in Switzerland to end the crisis known as the Papal Schism. For over three decades, there had been several contenders for the papacy. One was the actual pope in Rome. The other was a pretender set up as a puppet by the King of France, and a third claimed to reign from the Italian city of Pisa. As the bishops convened, an outbreak of bubonic plague swept through Constance. The situation was desperate. If the plague forced the bishops to call off the council, the papal schism might go on indefinitely, and the church would be left without a clear leader. But as soon as the fathers of the council prayed to Saint Roche, who had come to be seen as a patron of plague victims, the plague came to an end at Constance. And so, soon after, did the papal schism. Ever since then, Saint Roche has been venerated as a protector of the sick. His relics were originally housed in the Italian town of Voguerra. But they were supposedly stolen by a friar in the 15th century and carried off to Venice, the great commercial power of the late Middle Ages, and a city with a long history of stealing relics, including the body of its patron, Saint Mark. Whether or not that story is true, the cult of Saint-Roch was spread by the international merchants of late medieval Europe, until he had become a global icon. Today, you'll find churches in his honor stretching from Glasgow in Scotland to Kerala in the south of India. Like St. Peter Martyr before him, Roche became a popular subject of Renaissance painting. His main attributes, or distinguishing features, are a wound on his thigh caused by the plague a pilgrim's hat and walking stick, and a dog holding a loaf of bread. I've included a link to a gallery of icons and statues in the show notes, for those who'd like to see more. There's a lot we can learn from the brief but beautiful story of this saint. For one thing, he showed a selfless commitment to others, in the face of a deadly plague risking his own life for the sake of the sick. Without wanting to get my show cancelled, I'll just note that Rosh did not go into lockdown when he learned about the plague. He was willing to give his life to tend to those in need, and he was not paralyzed by the fear of falling ill. Another lesson from his life, of course, is his love of animals. Rosh reminds us That God gave us friends in many forms, and some of the best have four legs. Saint Roche is commemorated on the 16th of August in the Catholic Church. He is the patron of many causes, including plague victims, bachelors, the falsely accused, healers, pilgrims, and, of course, dogs and dog lovers so be sure to give your best friend something special on the day after the Assumption. If you'd like to deepen your devotion to St. Roche, you'll find prayers and other resources in the show notes, along with links to our Patreon and my email address, where you can send questions on church history for our upcoming Q&A episode. As always, I'd like to thank the patrons who make this show possible. May St. Roche, pilgrim, healer, and lover of man's best friend, come to our aid now and always for the greater glory of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening, and God bless.